today on 2C Fans. We got what, and they're, what's the species of our otters? So we have North American river otters. And those are not sea otters, eh? Not sea otters. Hey. Yeah, the sea otters are a very iconic species, so people automatically think of sea otters when they hear about otters. So that's a constant thing we're telling our guests, these are actually river otters. Hello and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Redger. And I am Joe Nicholson. Yes, you are. And we're here with Amanda Fultz, and we're really excited to talk to Amanda about otters. Yes. Ooh, otters. <laughs> we ought to get into this. <laughs> we ought to. So what's your job here at Moat? I am a senior aquarium biologist, and I work primarily with our otters. Sweet. So how did you, uh, or well, let's start off with, where is Amanda from? Amanda, well, I am actually from Hawaii, the island of Oahu. Nice. So I was pretty much raised there, moved around a little bit for uh, the Navy. My parents were in the Navy. Um, but I ended up in Florida to do an internship at Moat, working with their manatees. There you go. Uh, well, I went to the University of Texas in El Paso, where my father's from, and I got a biology degree with a minor in chemistry. And then after that, there's a specialized program in California. It's called the Exotic Animal Training and Management Program. So it's a two-year specialized degree where students can take science courses, animal behavior, biology, at the same time gaining hands-on experience working with and training a, a variety of species in their collection. Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> right? It's a great experience. Who yes. wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, that, that also sounds not easy. It sounds like you have to be smart. Well, you know, it's not just smart, but you have to be hardworking and be on your feet all day, every day. It was definitely a seven-day-a-week experience. We have another senior aquarium biologist here at Moat that also went to that program. Huh. So it's fairly unique, but um, it's very well-known in the animal industry. Very cool. So you started off with the manatees. So how'd, how'd you end up in, with otters? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, well, after my internship or during my internship with the manatees, I was offered a position working with their sea turtles, the resident turtles. Uh, I did that for a little bit, and I left to gain experience working with dolphins and sea lions for the Navy Marine Mammal Program. And mm -hmm. after about a year, I was in Georgia. I ended up coming back here to Sarasota and worked with our, at the time, our spinner dolphin and our pantropical spotted dolphin. And since then, I was able to be a part of developing and bringing in our North American river otters. Oh my gosh, you've trained and cared for way more <laughs> vertebrate animals than I've, I've heard of most people doing. That's, that's crazy. Are there things that transfer from you know caring for one to another, or is it completely new every time? Um, absolutely. When you're working with different species, you have to take into consideration their biology, their behavior, their individual personalities. Uh, but as far as training goes, it's a science, it's an art. Uh, the concepts are all the same. You just kind of have to learn the species you're working with and adapt it. So otters, huh? Otters. Hmm. What are otters related to? Like That's I, a good question. I have a question for you guys. Would you say otters are more cat-like or more dog-like? I, I get, get a mixed I from our guests. I got to say, <sighs> because they don't have retractable claws. They're probably more dog-like. Dog yeah. You've done your research. Yeah, absolutely. I hear, oh, they're like water cats all the time. <laughs> and uh, when we're training, people tend to say, oh, they're like dogs. But yes, they are closer related to dogs. So they are in the mustelid family, which is also known for their anal scent glands. Oh, so they great. Sec secrete yeah. uh -huh. uh, and scent <laughs> mark things for territory and for... Um, 
basically trying to communicate. Nice. So they rub their butts on everything. <laughs> yeah, or they or they can squirt it a little bit oh, too. Oh, that's yeah. even more yeah. lovely. <laughs> Getting right into the good stuff, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if well, anyone's ever had a dog and had to yes. get their anal glands. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. so well to answer your question, some other species in that family would be uh, other weasels, martins, minks, badgers, wolverines. So the, so they are I was talking to Haley earlier. And I, I thought of an otter like that uh, Looney Tunes character yeah. that uh, Foghorn Leghorn would try and stop from raiding the uh, chicken coop. Joe thinks it was a weasel, right? It was a weasel. I'm not sure what it was, so but it was I'm going to assume an that. an otter. I'm going to pretend it's an otter now. Maybe right. it was a mongoose. Ooh. But mongoose, mongoose attack are not related king cobras, and they're from India. Mm-hmm. India. They're not related. They're not related. Really? They look very similar, yeah, but they're not. not they're more. They're closer related to cats or really? felines. Huh. See. You learn something new. This ambiguous, you know, bunch of mammals with small ears and long bodies are not yes. all related. Okay. And the most fierce of all is the wolverine. Mm-hmm. What about the honey badger? Well, the honey badger is pretty mean, but they're smart. That. Okay. Hey, but on that note, otters can be mean as well. I was going to ask you something about mm-hmm. that. Um, have you Not ever... mean. We won't say mean. Well, but they have, can be have you ever, wild. Have you ever mm-hmm. been scared or been bitten by one of these guys? Thank goodness, no. <laughs> Thank scared? goodness, no. Have they scared? ever scared you? Like like they've reared up and went like here or whatever noise they make? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. And we'll hope for that. But that's part of the training and management and, and caring for them. You know, we've had them since they're about eight months old, so they're pretty familiar with us. Ah, okay. uh, we've learned to read their personalities, and we set them up to be in situations where they're not stressed out or wanting to be so we've um, got, aggressive. Uh, they're not angry. They're so, not like angry beavers. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was the thing when I was a kid, angry beavers. Angry beavers were cool. Yeah. So we've got an otter exhibit called Otters in Their Waters that we, we love very much because the otters are constantly moving around and the kids that come in to see the exhibit see these guys swimming and like running and around. around. Yeah. And they have a bunch of toys too. Does that mean they're, they have really good dexterity or are they just like playing with toys? They are very playful animals. Yeah. Very curious and very playful. One of the most commonly heard phrases by our guests is, I want to be an otter. I wish I was an otter. <laughs> because they see these guys kind of carefree just running around and playing all day. And they're doing that because in the wild they'd have to hunt and they'd have to find mates and make dens. And, and yeah. secrete anal <laughs> Scent. Yeah. Scent. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. (laughs) So we've got what, and they're, what's the species of our otters? So we have North American river otters. And those are not sea otters. Yeah, the sea otters are a very iconic species, so people automatically think of sea otters when they hear about otters. So that's a constant thing. We're telling our guests, these are actually river otters Mm -hmm. and North American river otters. How many times have you said that? Oh, a lot. Yeah, I'll bet. (laughs) So, Joe, can you remember anything that differentiates a North American river otter from a sea otter? Uh, I believe the sea otters are larger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously one lives in salt water and the other lives in fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sometimes our river otters mm-hmm. may get into coastal seawater, right? Yeah. They so um, one of the reasons we chose to feature these North American river otters is because they do venture into brackish and saltwater systems, primarily freshwater, but they venture into these systems and use these 
the ecosystems, which correlates with our marine science and education. It kind of all ties in together. Yeah, they live in the watershed. The watershed flows out to our ocean. They Absolutely. Live the, they live in a shed? No. No. They don't? That's it? No. Oh, I thought you said they live in a watershed. <laughs> watershed, the land that drains I into know, water bodies. I was being silly. But I wanted our guests to know what a watershed is. It's the not, land. It's not a structure underwater. No, it's that the, they live in. It's the land that drains into our waterways. Like an underwater shed. Just stop. Okay. All right. So, what about their tails? Is there a difference in the sea otter versus river otter tail or paws or anything else that might help us tell them apart? Well, I mean, just thinking about how they spend their time, sea otters primarily stay in the ocean all the time. They only come to shore to breed yeah. or to give birth and for short rest periods. So, their coat is actually way more dense oh. than the North American river otter. Um, their paws are different. Their front paws are different. They have more dexterous front paws because they're actually using tools like rocks to crush open those clamshells. Um, the sea otters are, right? The sea otters. Yeah. And then uh, because they're in the water all the time, their back feet are flippers. So think of a sea lion or a seal because they need to be able to move through the water a lot easier than our North American river otters. So the river otters don't have flippers and they aren't as dexterous. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. But are they dexterous at all? Yes, absolutely. They have Can little five-fingered paws. Uh, some species more than others. So one of... Uh, not our guys. Though. Not our guys. Not as much. Okay. But they do use those paws to manipulate objects like those toys that you were talking about and enrichment devices that we give them. They're pretty good at that. But wow. I want to say that if you see an otter roaming in the wild in Florida, it's not going to be a sea otter because they don't live here, right? Yes, absolutely. But you absolutely. just said sea otter. Shh. <laughs> Let her answer. Yes, the North American river otters are found right here in Sarasota, which is also very neat because our guests come in and they're super excited to tell us about the stories that they've seen in their areas, their um, retention ponds or other ponds in their neighborhoods or crossing the road. They're seeing these guys. But they are found throughout the United States up through Canada, whereas your sea otters are on the Pacific coast, northern California up through Alaska. So there aren't any anywhere on the Atlantic in the Atlantic Ocean. No, they are not. Wow. Hmm. That's kind of bizarre. So all those, like, sea otters you've been seeing around town, those are not sea otters. Those aren't sea otters. Yeah, so yeah. stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have to do to take care of these guys? Are they, like, high-maintenance, like, Hollywood otters? The, uh, well, we treat them like Hollywood otters. They're certainly well taken care of, and we, we take a lot of time providing that daily care for them. Uh, but I would say that compared to some of the other marine aquatic animals that we have, the cleaning is more intensive because it's not just cleaning and making sure their pools are, are sanitized and scrubbed of algae, but all of the land areas as well. Mm. Um, our otters eat Several times a day, they have very high metabolisms, and if you eat a lot, well, what you else do poop you? a lot. Yeah, they've That's got fine. areas that they use the restroom. We call them latrines, and we've actually on exhibit trained them to go on mats. Oh, good. It's not a hundred percent, but it helps out a lot, I'll so we bet. don't have to clean the whole exhibit every day. Well, yeah, almost a litter box type of situation. Yeah, pull Similar. them out away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of our day is spent cleaning those land areas, not only their exhibit, but their indoor holding area. We call it holding. It's a fenced-in area that is indo indoors. They have a pool and about 200 square feet of roaming space. And Do they so tend to go in, in there? Well. Do they go in at night? 
Yes, we bring them in every single night. That's yeah. part of their management. It's just a more secure area. Um, they love it. They're ready to go in it at night, and they get to get different enrichment items in there that they don't on exhibit. So huh. I would say sheets and towels are probably by far their favorite thing. So we make little <laughs> hammocks for them. They have dog glues to sleep in, oh, um, different things to climb on, different things to play with. And then, of course, they have a pool in there as well. We've got the life. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> but this area is also very important for their training because we bring them in for training them different husbandry or medical behaviors because it's a little bit easier to train them through the fencing rather than train them over the glass oh, yeah. <laughs> on exhibit. Oh, like an, yeah, Because yeah. you can't get in the exhibit with them, correct? We work protected contact. Yep, this means that there's always going to be some sort of barrier between us and our otters mm. for our safety and for their safety. Um, on exhibit, if people are coming to visit and see their training, we have two training doors. They're Dutch doors, so you can open the top, but you still have that bottom part of the half of the door that's a barrier. Mm. So we do work them through those doors as well as around the entire exhibit because there's pretty much glass all the way around it, which is great for viewing. We can train them and feed them, reinforce them over those windows. What which, kind of... which leads back to the fierce weasel. <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> we gotta beware of the fierce weasel. I appreciate that we... message, though, because people do think yeah. of otters as cute and cuddly. And... That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And they beware may be the cute, but that weasel being cute doesn't make you cuddly, especially yeah. like if you're... I, I've heard um, from lots of good sources that if you're out with your dog and you see an otter, don't let them interact. Yeah. You don't want... Anything to go on between those two? And well, and here's the thing. we Now we know they're closely related to dogs, and you see a lot of stuff on social media. You see otters playing with dogs, yeah. and so they naturally will interact. Our otters, when they see a service dog come through, they are completely fixated and excited. And really? hone in yeah. on that dog. Even if they're across the um, whole courtyard, they, really? they notice them. They really enjoy wow, it. Wow, that'd be cool to see. Wow. But... Um, they are rabies carriers, and they are wild yeah. animals, so you never know how they're going to react. So just to keep your pet safe and your, yourself safe, it's better just to keep your distance. Well, that means that you had to have rabies shots, didn't it? Well, we actually, all the staff that are working with our otters are rabies vaccinated. Ouch. Just as a preca- precautionary thing, not all facilities do that, but hey, better safe than sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think it's smart just in case. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get to talk about, um, I want to talk more about training, um, and then I want to talk about the individual otters we have and a little bit about them. But going back to training, like what kind of behaviors do you do for their care, and do you do anything training-wise for research also? Ah, that's a good question. So I would say my goal is to be able to train our otters to do every single thing we would need to for a veterinary exam. So think mm-hmm. about taking your dog or your cat to the vet for a routine checkup. Oh, they hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Yep. They don't like it. For, yeah, because we don't train them, but we train mm-hmm. our otters for it, so it's not stressful. So our vet's going to, what, look in their mouth, mm-hmm. maybe give them a vaccination. You might have to do an ultrasound or an x-ray and just a general physical exam. Mm-hmm. So we're training our otters to do all of those things. So currently, they've learned to open their mouth and hold it open while we can look inside, check their From teeth. a distance or... Are you actually in physical contact with the animal? So we, this is part of the training that we do through our holding fencing. They open their mouth and hold onto that fence, and they'll let us use a tool to reach in and check their teeth and move their, gu- or their really lips cool. away from their teeth, and we can check their teeth out. That's great. We have started working on brushing their teeth because, as they say, you should brush your dog's teeth as well. Um, they, they accept that pretty good. 
as far as a physical exam, they come into, I'll call it like a half pipe that hangs on the fence. So think of them getting squeezed in a little bit right up along the fence and they'll move their body in different ways and are trained to accept touch and manipulation so that we can check out different body parts. Look at their paws. You know, if we see an area of concern on them, we can get them into position and check it out, maybe treat it if we needed to, a wound or something like that. Um, they've been trained for voluntary vaccinations. We do it in a similar manner in that little chute, half pipe. Mm -hmm. And they will hold their nose on a target, which is for us is just a, the end of a PVC pipe. They hold their nose nice and calm while we give them their vaccination. They're, wow. In other words, they are way better prepared than every pet I've ever Absolutely. had. Yeah, yeah, I can't see Victor doing that. My parents' kitty, Victor. Yeah. Oh, no, he's nutty. He does not like yeah. the vet. If it, if it, yeah, no. So yeah. also, they're crate trained. We need to be able to crate them. That's how we weigh them, put them on a scale. But if we needed to move them for any reason, they're trained to go into a crate. Um, and we just got our first voluntary ultrasound on our male otter, Huck. So we're wow. super Yay. excited. He did so good. Congratulations. Thank you. And that meant he was great for our vet. He sat there for about 20 minutes while she put the probe on him and checked him out. And the other thing, too, is for their coats, their coats we don't want to damage. Mm -hmm. So alcohol, dilute alcohol, is actually a really good thing to use to saturate that really um, dense fur, to lay down the fur and, and allow that probe to image through their, their coats. So alcohol, I mean, spray that on a wild animal, right? So that's something spray that, that on me. <laughs> spray that on me. Well, anyways, that was a big part of the process. They're very olfactory-oriented animals, so they did not like that smell. They can smell it, yeah. So, all right. I'll bet. That's amazing, and congratulations, Huck. I hope yeah. it, the, the, you get the results. Is he yes. doing good? Yeah, he did very good. Yeah. So you have one guy and two girls? We have one boy and two girls, yeah. Wow. Huck and who else? Huck, Jane, and Pippi. Uh -huh. Wow, so is like... You're expecting, like, baby otters? That's a good question. They average age is two years old, and these guys are about two and a half. Now, that doesn't mean that they successfully do that right away. A lot of times it takes a while for them to become successful at it. But there's a possibility. There could be a possibility in the future. Hmm. Mm, interesting. But and where did, they, where did they come from again? So all of our otters were orphaned, and they were hand-raised by wildlife rehabbers. So they're... Um, the females that we have were from South Carolina, a rehabber over there. And then we have Huck, who came from Melbourne, Florida, on the East Coast. So they're all Southern. They're all Southern. They're all Southern otters. Huck, our homeboy, he, he's doing the best at his medical training. He is. Floridians are cool. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> but we, we like them all, but I can't always tell them apart um, when I go down there. Huck stands out because he's big, but... I haven't looked at them in a while. How do you tell them apart these days? Um, well, that's a different question for me versus somebody who doesn't know our otters. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell them apart just by their personalities, how they walk, how they run, but also the subtle differences in how they look. Okay. So like you said, Huck is larger, longer, and darker than the, than the girls. Jane is much lighter in coloration than Pippi is. Mm. They're, about, they're pretty much the same size, but just lighter in coloration. And just subtle differences in what they like to do so jane well jane actually when she runs she waddles and she holds her tail <laughs> up like a skunk so you check that out maybe you'll be able to tell her apart oh, that's man. cute uh -huh. <laughs> that's pretty funny so what is there something you know one of the funniest things they've ever done that just made you like laugh out loud 
Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. Let me think. All the time, yeah. they I you know I, I work with them all day every day, but they always make me smile and laugh. They're pretty. They're pretty fun pretty too. Goofy, How about yeah. when they when they watch. get those sheets, those sheets for their enrichment at the end of the day? What do they do with those? Uh, so their coat um, condition is very important to them. So grooming is important. So yeah. they love to just roll around and dry off in these sheets. I and can towels only imagine. And take a nap. Yep. <laughs> roll around like. Mm-hmm. They're- Totally encased like a little burrito. Mm-hmm. They love it. Oh, otter burritos. Yeah, it's cool. So, is there and remind us, is there any um, in their training and stuff? Is there any research element to it? Oh, um, thank you for reminding me. We have started a research project. We're working with Peter Cook out of New College, and he's very interested in their behavioral flexibility. And what this means is these animals have adapted to live around human beings and kind of adapt their behavior to make them more successful at surviving. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that, and why is that? So um, their initial training right now, what we're doing is we're um, looking at teaching them one object over another. One object is always going to mean they're going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. So you would imagine pretty quickly the animals learn, oh, I go to the red object and mm-hmm. I get reward. Yep. But they get paid in the wild to be curious. Curiosity pays, and these guys are really curious. So now we're switching and we're, um, they always had one object that never was reinforced. Now the object is new, something they've never seen. Are they going to chance out on missing that reinforcement and go and investigate a new object? Or are they always going to stick with what they know they're being paid for? So just some little trials to learn a little bit about what their behavioral choices are, how behaviorally flexible they are. But anyways, we're in the beginning stages of this, and we're going to look at social learning to see Mm -hmm. if one otter will watch another one do their task and learn what their positive object is and see how quickly they can pick up on that and well, there's just so much we can do with these guys because there's not a lot of research that has been done. So we're super excited, and we have a lot of plans in the future to learn about the species. Wow. That's very cool. Huck, Pippi, and Jane, they didn't know they'd have a really neat job here. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do they eat? What do they well, I mean, as you can imagine, they're um, aquatic animals, or are, semi-aquatic, are right? Are they omnivores? They'll eat both? Or? They, are, they are primarily carnivorous, but okay. like a lot of carnivorous animals, like dogs and cats, they do take in some vegetation in the wild. So you will see us feeding carrots, which yeah, is part my, of their diet. My dog eats carrots. Dog yeah. eats carrots. <laughs> um, but they're primarily fish eaters. So their main diet consists of four different types of fish with us. But in the wild, as I said, these guys are um, venturing into brackish and saltwater. They're traveling from water source to water source. They're traveling on land. So they have to be opportunistic. If they can't get fish, they've got to eat something else. So they'll they got to be quick to catch fish, though. Yeah. And if it, that something else might be an insect or a rodent or... Yep, insects, uh, small mammals, small birds, reptiles, Will eat amphibians. Yes, crustaceans okay. and mollusks. Crayfish mm-hmm. they find in the... Yep. Okay. Or crawfish. Crawfish, crayfish. Crawfish, yeah. crayfish. One of our southern southern otters, uh, how'd they say it? Crawfish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> get me some crawfish. Are they so, adapted to hunt? Sure, that's a good question. So those yeah. paws are important, right? right. They use them to grab the, onto their prey. Those teeth are very powerful. Their jaw, their teeth are made to crush through bone. They eat their prey whole and all, so they are very sharp. That's why you have to be snack. careful. Yeah, that's yeah. why you have to be careful. Um, they are very agile in the water. They can swim and undulate their bodies and, and catch things and move around really quickly. And, of course, their smell. Their sense of smell, smell. is very good. It's very, like, how good? They can smell you from here. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you think of carrots, you don't think of carrots as being that smelly, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. We toss in carrots, and you can see them sniffing a carrot out from several feet away. Really? Yeah. Nice. But, hey, see? that's something that we could potentially do research on and test. We Ooh. don't know the exact answer to that, but we know that they have a good sense of smell. What is mm -hmm. their radius of carrots? Exactly. <laughs> We're going to test that out. That'll be our next project. I'll add it to the list. And well, does their anal gland inhibit their <laughs> sense of smell? No, it's it's... For the sense of smell, it's communication. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't smell very good. No, I no. bet it doesn't. No. <laughs> no. What does it? Does it smell no. anything like a skunk? No. Um, yeah, yeah, and kind yeah. of like a. If you've smelled a dog, yeah, expressing yeah. their yeah, glands. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not, not a very good, good smell. smell. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then another one. One more thing is they have. Um, they are nearsighted, which is supposed to be an adaptation for underwater viewing, so they can see a little bit better underwater. Huh. But that means on land, if you see the otter looking and kind of like hey, standing up that? like a meerkat and checking what? it out, what probably because they there? don't, yeah, necessarily see it too clearly. Yeah. Well, that makes see sense. better up close. Yeah. Cool. And, and we're not about to give them little glasses. Oh, come on. That's just not what they need. <laughs> that's not what they need. So uh, we, how does the exhibit mimic their, their environment? Because it's a really neat and very specifically made exhibit. So it's one of the coolest we've ever built here. We think it, it looks awesome and it's really functional, right? Yeah. We're really proud of it. Yeah, I think one of the, so it is, a, I guess you would call it a two-story exhibit in that there's a lower body of water. Mm -hmm. a kind of a hill that goes up a story and a shallower body of water at the top. But you touched on that watershed mm -hmm. habitats that they live in in the wild. Um, our exhibit is supposed to be kind of mimicking that where water drains from higher elevations of land into lower elevations and they of go land down the from slide. one source of water to another. Yes, and they have a water slide. They have a water slide. <laughs> they, Which is really cool. They literally have a water they slide. They literally have a water slide. <laughs> Do yep. they do they actually slide down or do they run yeah, down? Yeah, no, I've seen them. Both, yeah, both, both, and they use it every day. And the best thing that they do is sometimes when they're all playing in that upper body of water, one otter will try and grab the other one by the scruff and try and pull them down. Really, they'll go down it all together. Oh my goodness! Oh man. So I, I want to mention before we finish that it's not all fun and games for otters out there. There are a lot of threats. I mean, I have actually seen an otter that was hit by a car on the so road, sadly. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, pollution of watersheds. There's, you know, changing of water flow in Florida. But are there, are there other threats you want to mention or ways that people can be a little bit more otter friendly? Well, I mean, you kind of touched on a couple things. We can always help with keeping our waterways clean. And it kind of goes back to the old adage of reduce, reuse, and recycle. And if we all kind of did that, if we all did that a little bit, it's going to amount to a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as the watersheds go, there are certain things that you can do to help keeping our watersheds healthy. The biggest thing is people need to know that we live in these watersheds and what we're doing and putting into our watersheds affects us. It affects our drinking water as well mm -hmm. and our wildlife and our oceans and waterways. So um, picking up your dog poop is there a good one, go. an easy one. Yeah, um, it, and, yeah it, it, and that's a common theme is, you know, re reduce, recycle, and reuse. And also, you know, the don't pollute. Don't you know? pollute. Is don't, always a good thing. Don't pour anything down a storm drain Absolutely. that you wouldn't want in your <laughs> drinking water. Yeah, and exactly. we're learning. Even washing your car in your driveway, all that water goes goes into, somewhere. Goes somewhere. So That's maybe right. using organic cleaning agents and things that we know can be biodegradable. And it can't hurt. Yeah. 
Well, I got to say, thank you very much for joining us. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's been, been very uh, informative. Totally. And Hales. And we will see you uh, in two weeks for another episode of 2C Fans at Moat. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>